you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Bidiki ako se napravi greška, tak je bide kobna. Nema vrakinja nazad. So, Europe need to, to remain more sexypil lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! It has been over a month since the Macedonian content farmers gathered to talk about all things Macedonia, but it's not for a lack of issues. Most recently, Vilma Ruskovska, the head of the Public Prosecution Office for Organized Crime and Corruption, was suspended from her office. Apparently, she had accused Erafat Moremi, the director of financial police, of certain crimes. He has now resigned, and there is finger-pointing all around. Turning to EU accession and Bulgaria, which are one and the same thing for Macedonia today, it appears that Bulgaria, which has a caretaker government yet again, will be giving Macedonia a specific list of what it wants in order to open EU accession talks. Don't expect that list to be made public. Related to that is the joint commission between the two countries, and it appears as though the Macedonian members have caved in and agreed, yet again, to Bulgarian demands, this time by agreeing that Tsar Samuel was Bulgarian which means that children's textbooks must now be changed. And there is more on the way. And then there will be the new, quote, investment, unquote, in Tetovo, for which Ali Ahmeti and his party, the NLA, sorry, Dewey, are taking credit. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Tvitan Chulemanov in Skopje, Macedonia. Svetan, how are you? How is Skopje? How is Macedonia? Good, it's a bit warm, but it's not unbearable like last year. We had a decent summer. Now preparing for the coming winter, in which we'll be... <laughs> Already? <laughs> we'll be missing... Well, you get to start early when you have to chop the wood and uh, <laughs> uh, gather those corn uh, thingies, husks, what you call them, for, for heating. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah, so, so, yes, the uh, government is implementing, um, what, new emergency energy measures starting September 1? Yeah, they're going to have the public sector reduce heating, cooling, uh, prices are still going higher, mm. and uh, and we're also antagonizing Russia with sending uh, tanks and airplanes to Ukraine, which means that mm. uh, if they want to pick one country in Europe, they want to, you know, to serve as an example to all the other better paying countries that they'll freeze for a few months just to entice everybody else to pay in rubles. <laughs> we, we're at the moment a solid candidate. <laughs> so, Hey, but, but, but Macedonia is going to be rich. You got this new investment in Tetovo. Um, uh, I forget yeah. the, 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 the minister who looks like a chipmunk. What's his name? Uh, is talking about all the EU money coming in now. <laughs> so you guys are going to be whistling to the bank on your way to the bank. Yeah, one of the benefits of NATO membership. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's going to be a, such a such a beautiful mess. I, I I'm eagerly anticipating the this thing oh. blowing up in everybody's faces. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you know, misery loves company, right? So uh, I think all of Europe is going to be um, freezing or at least turning down the thermostat this winter. Um, and and here we are, it's funny talking about this. It's still bloody summer, um, mm. but. Um, We'll we'll see on that, and of course prices are con going to continue to increase. Yeah, I was we, we we skipped a month here. I was in in Estonia for a few weeks, uh, mm -hmm. which by the way you can get Pelisterka uh, mineral water in Seriously. Estonia. Yes, 
So uh, I was uh, out canoeing on the uh, Talon Bay and drinking Pelesterica, which was, which was uh, a highlight. Uh, but uh, their their inflation rate is twenty one percent. Wow. So uh, so don't complain too much, okay? So. <laughs> and they want to only have the the gas cut off. They may see actually <laughs> more invasive measures. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, but. Uh, Anyway, all right. Well, that's all off in the future. Let's uh, let's let's start at the top here. We've, we've got future. some near future. True. Yes. Uh, reminds me of the um, I, w- I was um, joked about the uh, movie posters at the Kino Millennium in the uh, mm-hmm. Center. They would always have, you know, a film being advertised. It says coming soon. It would, it would appear nine months later, which was that was the definition of soon. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, all right. But. Now, what's going on literally this week as we talk, uh, so, you know, Macedonia's public prosecution, I mean, the courts in general, have had a hard time since uh, the beginning of of independence 31 31 years ago. Uh, And, of course, uh, famously, the the special prosecutor, or the, uh, as she was named, Katica Yaneva, the the best special prosecutor, best special chief prosecutor in the Balkans, or whatever she got an award for, Hmm. is in jail right now. Uh, and uh, Vilma Ruskovska, the head of the public prosecution for organized crime and corruption, she has been suspended um, because she accused uh, Arafat, uh, named after the Palestinian terrorist leader, for some reason, uh, yeah. <laughs> director of financial police of certain crimes. Anyway, finger pointing, uh, she's been suspended. Has she actually resigned? He's resigned, right? Uh, he, uh, yeah, he withdrew, he resigned. Uh, mm-hmm. And she was suspended. Okay. And what are the what is she accusing him of, and what is he accusing her of? And so, of course, she can't say publicly, but she mm. uh, ordered a raid on the uh, office of the financial police, which Arafat has been running since his DSM was in power. He's Albanian, but he's seen as more an SDSM guy than a Dui guy, hmm. and he was. Um, widely accused in the public of racketeering, of extortion. Um, so she did not say what the crime is she's suspecting him of, but it was reported that he was uh, uh, muscling in on businesses. He had his cronies, his people, businessmen, clo- he's close to go after targets, after businessmen uh, they were, who have a luc- lucrative business, and they would go and say, listen, my, my friend, the uh, Head of the financial police suspects you of some crimes here. He may go after you. He may launch launch an investigation on you, unless you sign off the business to me. In which case, you'll be fine and get some money out of it and uh, disappear. So some of these people apparently uh, complained to Ruskovska, uh, who I mean these are all SDSM people. These are all regime mm-hmm. people. Ruskovska was famously the prosecutor who went after. Uh, the protesters uh, in the storming of the parliament with the purpose, with the goal to force free members of parliament to vote with SDSM to change the name of the country. So she's a complete SDSM uh, crony. Uh, But they're infighting between themselves. And she had some um, secret police officials who Zaev fired. Uh, She took them in. And obviously, of course, she brought down Katicayanova. She launched the investigation on Katicayanova for racketeering, even though at the same time, like months earlier, Katicayanova and Ruskovska were tag-teaming, were jointly 
going after opposition members of parliament. So Katica <laughs> got like five of them to vote for the name change. Ruskovska got three. So they were so tight, they were practically the two sides of the same coin or the one side of the, of the same coin. Uh, but they started infighting. And we suspect that uh, she was going to charge uh, Arafat with uh, racketeering. Um, Ruskovska now holds the position of special prosecutor, which was left weakened after she arrested Katsayanova. Uh, <laughs> and uh, she, uh, uh, she immediately had the chief prosecutor, who is above her, but should, be, should allow her to <clears throat> act kind of like independently. Uh, the chief prosecutor, Lyubomir Jovesky, immediately condemned her for her action. He said that there were some minor infractions in the, in the way she organized the raid. Uh, Arafat Muareni, the, the targeted financial police chief, uh, he in turn submitted criminal charges against Ruskovska, against several of her prosecutors, accusing them of financial crimes. You know? <laughs> he immediately responded with counter charges, which was very <laughs> funny. Uh, and very banana republic, and uh, <laughs> and even more banana republic was when Ruskovska said, "Okay, I'm going to go for my trump card. I'm appointed to this position with support from the U.S. Embassy, which strongly supported the changes to the law on uh, prosecutors, which enabled her to take this position." And she sent a letter to the U.S. Embassy, to the EU Embassy, to the EU prosecutor Laura Kovici, and she said, "I'm being." pressured here by my chief prosecutor, and she strongly implied by the government in general not to investigate a corrupt official. And uh, the response was she, she shot her shot and she missed. The response was that the embassy, the EU commission, uh, they practically said, listen, it's your internal matter, you do your thing, we don't care. And after she did not receive any response, she practically was dead in the water, and now Chief Prosecutor, Prosecutor Joveski suspended her and appointed one of the most ridiculously corrupt prosecutors under Katica Yanova, Lila Stefanova, as her replacement. Oh, yes. mm. So it's still the same parade of people from the old Special Prosecutor's Office. Stefanova was uh, named by, even recorded, I think, uh, by uh, businessman Orza Kamchev. Uh, he, he accused her of asking uh, uh, that he, uh, he gives her uh, an apartment, uh, so, sorry, uh, a large office space for her daughter to set up a dentist office in one of Kamchev's uh, buildings. And she said, I'm going to stop all this investigation into you. So, yeah, another uh, one uh, ridiculously corrupt prosecutor is out and another is taking <laughs> her place so it, it i mean this is classic it, it, the snake is eating its tail the yeah. uh, <laughs> revolution is devouring its own i have to admit Sutton, as i was listening to you which was a good solid robust explanation there but as i was listening to you i, I thought for a moment you were talking about the united states because you said uh -huh. trump as in Trump card, you said raid, yeah. you said banana republic, and you said U.S. as in U.S. <laughs> embassy. And I was thinking, oh, wait a second. No, no, he's not talking about the raid on Trump by the U.S. DOJ under Biden that makes us a banana yeah. republic. Um, just remember, and for all our listeners out there, the next time Kate Burns gets up and lectures Macedonia on rule of law, 
and says that um, you know uh, everybody you know must be uh, equal before the law mm. um, because that's the way we do in the U.S. Just remember, she again she is lying. That was the subject of my yeah. most recent column. That they're all liars. Uh, it's all been a lie. Uh, you know if if what's going on with Trump and I assume some of our listeners know what what the recent uh, search is the technical term of his home, an ex-president, never happened before in the United States history, mm. search of, an, of a former president's home, Mar-a-Lago, Florida, uh, you know, for ostensibly uh, presidential records that he took with him, classified materials, whatever. And yet Hillary Clinton set up an, an internal server in her own bloody home as yeah. Secretary of State and trafficked in uh, classified emails. But, of course, Comey, head of the FBI at the time, yeah. said we're not going to prosecute her. Uh, so next time Kate, go, you know, says, you know, yeah, we, you know, we have rule of law and we equally apply it in the United States. Mm. Just do me a favor, folks. Laugh in her face. <laughs> the only way you can deal with these people is to laugh at them and, and, and point your finger at them and laugh at them because yeah. they're bloody fools. Anyway, uh, into my tangent and, and uh, rant there. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that plays out, I guess, over the next uh, weeks and months. Uh, I don't expect it to be solved anytime soon. Uh, Arafat had the classic, uh, no, it's a business you got there, Gav, but it's a shame that something happened to it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's, and, and it's, interesting, interesting point you made that he's more citizen, citizen than yeah. Dewey. So, uh, that's a, that's an important point. Okay. Yeah. And, but, uh, once you mentioned uh, our governor, prime minister, uh, Kate Burns, our <laughs> here, she's actually out, uh, soon Ooh. and being replaced by, uh, an old friend, uh, Angela Aguilar, uh, she was a public relations uh, officer of the embassy under Philip Ricker at the time when they were putting in place the, both the USAID funding for SDSM uh, and Soros Media in Macedonia and uh, weaponizing the reports on media freedom against the government. They were looking for this soft issue like political dialogue, media freedom, LGBT rights. They could exploit against Gruevsky pinning him out as a dictator. So she mm. was uh, in the embassy while this was uh, going on. And she's coming fresh from Pakistan where she served, I think, with her husband, who was also here, uh, sparking various speculations what's his actual role in the country. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're a team, like a diplomatic spousal team. And uh, mm. they're coming. she's coming fresh from Pakistan where the U.S., obviously staged a coup against uh, the very pro-Russian government there. You know, they were not playing ball with the mm. U.S. On, uh, on Russia and were promptly color revolution. Uh, so, um, yeah, she's, uh, we're having uh, a new prime minister coming soon. Wow. She actually what? confirmed in Senate. Oh, okay. Well, you're, you're following this closer than I am. Um... Yeah, granted, I was my prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can be forgiven a little bit. I was in Estonia and, and I've had some other issues going on. Uh, so when is she coming? Do you know? Uh, not sure, but uh, already and, confirmed in the Senate and yeah. you know, just picking the drapes or wow. the old drapes. Uh. So here she was. She was the, the public information officer. Sven, what have I done wrong with my life? I'm in PR. I, you mm. know, I've been in PR for, for years. How come I don't get to be a, a prime minister somewhere? Sorry, ambassador somewhere, you know? Well, if next time Trump is president or somebody like him, if they actually change something in the State Department, nah, they won't. instead of elevating Ricker to yeah. as, as a Trumpian candidate, I mean, maybe we could we could have some change of guard. Otherwise, the 
you know, they change the drapes maybe, but the bed sheets are all the same, dirty, <laughs> soiled, stinking to high heaven, but uh, it, that's what it, we get here. It doesn't matter who the president of the United States is. The State Department will not change. They are very uh, insular, yeah. uh, a bubble. They promote and protect their own. Uh, not much you can do about them except hope that they grow old and die. Uh, mm. Or, you know, they don't have to grow old to die, but anyway. Uh, turning to EU accession Bulgaria. So, uh, I can't remember this. See, we, we did this in mid-July, and at that point, I don't know. I can't remember if the uh, French proposal, French-Bulgarian proposal had been mm. accepted by Macedonia. Um, anyway, it has been. Uh, the funny thing is, so both uh, for, for listeners as a refresher, uh, Macedonia and Albania, um, theoretically can now start a session talk, although Albania actually has mm-hmm. started intergovernmental conference. I don't know what all the tech, technical jargon is, but Macedonia still has not been able to start a session talks and will not be able to start a session talks until it agrees to a list of Bulgarian demands, one of which, of course, as I mentioned, is related to the uh, History Commission. Uh, the other one, of course, is changing its constitution to make Bulgarians part of the uh, peoples within Macedonia, etc., but... Of course, Vomero and, um, uh, has said that they're not, uh, Christian Muskowski is not going to do that. Where, where, do, where do we stand specifically on that issue of changing the Constitution? What does the government say? Uh, that it, it, They must have a timeline. They want it to happen right away, right? Uh, it's not necessarily. I mean, they can drag it out uh, or they can try to do it sooner. I mean, it uh, depends on... Uh, so, so uh, the, we had like a very ceremonial uh, meeting in Brussels, which the government here is labeling the start of accession talks. <laughs> but uh, we keep splicing the, our accession process. So first we became a candidate country, the first candidate country, which did not automatically begin accession talks in 2005. Now we are the first candidate country that began, that had the first, meeting it's called like an intra-governmental something something meeting which mm-hmm. is normally the start of the accession talks but without again opening chapters so they keep inventing new interstages for us things that would happen naturally with other countries before when they would when they were candidates mm-hmm. so they had this photo op meeting but the actual opening of chapters for accession talks is blocked until we amend the constitution and include the Bulgarian community in the constitution. And uh, this requires 80 or 81 votes, depending on uh, interpretation. And uh, this requires somebody from Vamara to vote in favor. Vamara obviously are very opposed to this. And uh, especially bearing in mind this, what we mentioned, this previous blackmail arrests of Vamara members of parliament, for the name change, which keeps being brought up against Vemeres, you know, you betrayed us once, uh, even though the party was under unprecedented assault from by internationals, by prosecutors, by terrorists, etc. Um, so uh, at the moment, uh, there is no indication from the government when they want to try this. And Mitskovsky, the Vemeres leader, is mm-hmm. daring them to do this. His position at the moment is the following: you. Put this to a vote in the parliament immediately. If you get the two-thirds majority, if some from my party betray my party and vote with you, I'll retire from politics. And if not, if you fail to get to 80 or 81 votes, we hold early elections. 
and these DSMN responses just uh, uh, spreading these rumors that, well, we are already in talks with some of your people, they're going to betray you anyway, don't worry about it in due time. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, it's very, there are no more like, last time there were people from uh, satellite parties, like the Bosniak party, the Roma party, um, ethnic minorities, unfortunately, like uh, a Macedonian Muslim, uh, uh, okay, not an ethnic minority, religious mm. minority, member of parliament who switched sides. Um, now the party has much uh, close, closer ranks. It's possible that somebody's blackmailed or heavily bribed. Vemmer is saying that we want a referendum on the French proposal. Do we want to join the EU with now that the condition is uh, the uh, implementing Bulgarian demands on the history of Macedonia? Uh, and uh, this referendum could play both ways. I mean, they're still, <clears throat> they still haven't announced the actual uh, question they want to propose, but uh, they said they're going to start collecting signatures from citizens that will make the case for having a referendum stronger. <clears throat> if the referendum is called and fails, uh, maybe by boycott from the government this time, mm. like Vimera boycotted the 2000, uh, 2018 uh, name change referendum. In this case, you know, some members of parliament from Vimera could say, okay, the people chose, uh, obviously do not care much about these issues, so we'll now vote to unblock the EU accession and uh, and then hopefully spark early elections. We'll see. Uh, but uh, there is the, the new moment we, which we actually had this past few days, which is very interesting, is that, uh, so we're awaiting um, uh, we, we had the um, uh, Historical Commission mm -hmm. publish some of its previous, what they call, you know, issues they reached agreement on, uh, in the, uh, specifically on the ancient history and on the medieval period. Mm. And this was apparently agreed <clears throat> way back in 2019, so practically early in the work of the Commission, which at the time said we have reached agreement on Tsar Samuel, on uh, uh, medieval saints uh, Cyril and Methodius, Clement of Ohrid and Naum of Ohrid, etc. Uh, but it, this was never published. And it was indicated that it's going to be bad, the fact that this was never published, indicated that, our, that the Macedonian side made heavy concessions. And uh, now they finally published the... Uh, agreement uh, uh, under the French proposal, they had a deadline to publish them until uh, like practically today. Mm -hmm. So they published them, published them a few days ago, and you can sense where things are going. So, um, in the case of the saints, uh, you, I mean, this is way before we had any national identity. This is in feudal times, but. Uh, it, it keeps being mentioned that they came to the Bulgarian state. They were supported by the Bulgarian medieval state. The Bulgarian Tsar Simon, you know, gave them refuge or funding to continue their mission to share Christianity. And the word Macedonian is not mentioned, obviously. In the case of Tsar Samuel, uh, they have like a cop-out uh, 
uh, statement. It says the, the leader of the large <clears throat> feudal medieval state, which uh, who in most of the world history, in hist world history books by world historians, is considered, uh, or, or actually not him, but the, the kingdom is considered to have been a continuation of the first Bulgarian Empire, of the slightly earlier Bulgarian state. So um, this is, keeps being inserted in, the, in what's called a compromise uh, uh, agreement between the historians, and this will then be introduced in history books. Uh, it, this is already mentioned, obviously, in our history books, but now the emphasis is being put on, you know, it's, it's said that, you know, the saints uh, were, for example, Cyril and Methodius were recruited by the Byzantine uh, court, not by Bulgaria. But now the, there are points mentioned like they, they, they are greatly honored in Bulgaria and they were first honored uh, as saints by the Bulgarian church. So there, there was strong efforts to find, you know, to, to add, to insert more and more mentions of Bulgaria in the text. So this is going to be uh, uh, what, what the, the Bulgarian historians are angling for. And our guys, <laughs> our head of the commission, came out with this completely uh, out of this world response. He says, well, listen, you know, we are above these petty identity issues. You know, we <laughs> understand we are so above the fray. We understand that in medieval times there was not such thing as national identity. The, they're being ridiculous as they insist on this, but in the end we agreed, you know, let them have their fun. You know, they, they kept pushing this, so we said, okay, fine, well, who cares? <laughs> and, you know, it's obviously, <laughs> you know, uh, the point of the Bulgarian government is that Macedonian school children keep learning that uh, the medieval period belongs to Bulgaria, and in the ancient period also, uh, there is emph uh, emphasis put on the Trachean state, or the Trachean tribes and the, their culture, which we learn little about. We do not have much memory or, you know, songs, or like we have for Alexander and the ancient Macedonians. We do not have this about the Trachians. Uh, no? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, well, Bulgarians, they're having this nation founding myth there, that they originate, so they, they, they're actually not not all Bulgarians agree that they originate from the ancient Tras. I, I can't even pronounce it well. Mm. Trakia. We call it Trakia. Yeah, I'm not, right. not sure about it in English. You know, the Spartacus guy. Thracian. The, the Thrace, guy. I think it's Thracian in English. So. Thracian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or do they originate more from the Bulgar uh, tribes of uh, the steppes of nowadays Ukraine and Volga? Or are they more Slavic nation with some intermingling of... Uh, Bulgars and whatever, uh, but the ob what is obvious is they're making an effort to introduce more, uh, let's say, more Thracian content in Macedonian history books, and <laughs> there is, on our end, we are allowed to make demands of the Bulgarians as well, and mm -hmm. our response would be that, uh, you know, to say that this, uh, you know, Samuel state was uh, not... Uh, I don't know, something like the modern Macedonian state considers it uh, or invokes the legacy of, the, of Samuel's state, something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, instead, <laughs> we demand that um, this is our request that uh, Bulgarian history books, when they teach about uh, trace, that they 
broaden the borders, broaden the scope of the Thracian culture toward Macedonia. <laughs> I don't know why we're asking for this. There is a good joke now in the uh, here that uh, you know is the SM condemned Gruevsky for the process of antiquization, yes. elevating the culture, the history, the achievements of the ancient Macedonians. But now SDSM is introducing trackization. <laughs> <You know, laughs> they're going to have Macedonian children learn that uh, we, we are close, to, you know, we are descended from the Thracians. <laughs> and there is another request from Bulgaria that we stop uh, teaching in schools, that the Macedonian church uh, draws its it's like the continuation uh, of uh, the mission of Saint Paul the Apostle. Mm. Now, does this mean that the Bulgarian Church intends to claim him more directly? Because there is a de debate here. You know, we had the Church recognition, mm -hmm. but Bulgaria is not recognizing the Macedonian Church under the name Archbishop Riofohrit. Right. They want the Archbishop Riofohrit as part of uh, the, you know Bulgarian the, the legacy of the Bulgarian church the Greeks are not recognizing us under the other part of the name under, under the Macedonian church <laughs> they want our church recognized as the Archbishop Riofohrit and the Bulgarians are doing the inverse so this is uh, yeah some of the compromises that were made here it's not, it's not compromise it's complete accept, acceptance of Bulgarian demands by our, by our guys mm -hmm. are Practically, they sound as written by the by the by the Greek historian. So it's very possible it. that, yeah, this like uh, these issues on the ancient uh, period on the Saint Paul. This sounds a lot like the Greeks had their fingers in this pie as well. And our guys say, but listen, don't worry. We okay, <laughs> we accept it all on the medieval period and on ancient history. We're Bulgarians until until the modern era, but we will give them hell on the nation uh, founding uh, period of the 19th century, on Vemera, on the uh, fight against the Ottomans. And then especially we'll give them hell on the uh, Second World War, when Bulgaria will have to accept uh, serious deep compromises on uh, the Holocaust. And uh, so, so practically, our historians say that they will draw a line on uh, on the nation founding process and on uh, uh, the only part of history that SDSM actually cares about, which is the partisan struggle in the Second World War. Actually, I'm pretty sure that they're going to cave on the Holocaust as well. Mm. And I'm pretty sure they're going to come up with some formula in which they're going to minimize the blame on the Bulgarian uh, state, on mm. the Bulgarian king or their government or the army. And they're probably going to try to paint Macedonia as an autonomous province in an attempt to blame Vemera people, you know, the mayor of maybe Skopje, of Shtip of Bitola, something like that. They're mm -hmm. probably going to, uh, because this is a popular refrain now among SDSM people whose base is crumbling with every concession to the Bulgarians. There is even talk that Tsavienkovsky will form a new party directly to challenge uh, Kovacevsky on the Bulgarian issue. Uh, so, one of the, the, the usual is the same response is well, we know that Vemera people often have Bulgarian passports. And now, a more common refrain is well, but you were 
collaborators with the Bulgarians in the Second World War. So what if we we are collaborating with them now? <laughs> so this is the is the same response. I'm pretty sure they're going to try to even uh, compromise on the Holocaust issue with the Bulgarians just to save as much as they can from the glorious partisan communist struggle in the Second World War. This is the way, this is my sense of where things are going with the historical commission. That, that, that's great and that's very detailed. Um, I guess two things. Number one, it's worth pointing out, I mentioned in the monologue that Bulgaria has a caretaker government because they have elections yet again, October 1 or 2 I believe. Uh, I think it's October 2, that's a Sunday. Uh, because they, the government fell apart. Um, Kirill Petkov, right, the former mm -hmm. prime minister. Uh, so this would be like the fourth, fourth general election in two years or less than two years. Something they're trying to, they're competing with the Israelis on a number of elections within a given amount of time. Uh, so a lot of this, I think, is is, is for that. Uh, and two, just to be clear, the Bulgarians have not claimed the Apostle Paul was Bulgarian, correct? Uh, not yet. yet. <laughs> okay, but I mean, we, we can look yeah. forward to that, I'm sure. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, um, anyway, you know, the good news, of course, is that, you know, you're going to get all this EU money. Um, and now that you're a member of Macedonia is a member of NATO and on its way to become a member of the EU, Foreign direct investment is just pouring into Macedonia, mm -hmm. you know. The Prime Minister Kovachevsky and, and uh, Zayev, you know, can make excuses as to why it didn't come in, you know, in the first five years of their combined term. But now, of course, it's all coming in. And now you've got this electric car company uh, mm -hmm. in, in uh, Tetovo, apparently. Um, I had never heard of this company. It's, I don't even know how you pronounce it. It's E, small e dot capital G, capital O, Ego, I guess, mm. is uh, yeah. a German mm -hmm. company, um, little tiny electric cars, uh, government of Macedonia. It's going to be built in the technical and industrial zone, which the Grosky government mm. started uh, ages ago uh, throughout the country. Uh, but they're going to build this there. It'll create, I don't know how many new jobs. Uh, of course, the government is going to subsidize this with, I don't know how many millions and tens of millions of euros, uh, and it looks like Dewey is basically taking credit for this. Oh. Uh, and um, when, when is when they've broken ground on it? What's, the, what's the, What are the next steps? Uh, they broke ground, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, so <laughs> this all sounds very, very dubious. <laughs> uh, there have been almost no investment in Macedonia since uh, Gruevski was toppled. Mm -hmm. uh, even though at the time we were practically, if not breaking ground, if not opening a new factory every month, we were breaking ground for a new mm -hmm. factory every month. And yeah. Many of them brought like a few thousand investments in one in Viles, two in Prilep, one in Bitola. So practically this eradicated blue collar unemployment in the country in a matter of five or ten years. And nothing since then, practically mm -hmm. no new investment. Um, sometimes the prime minister would go to these zones and some of the existing companies would rebrand or open an additional uh, line and then they would uh, portray this as huge success of the government. <laughs> and now these guys come. Uh, so they say this is going to be the first car produced from scratch, from uh, assembled in Macedonia. Currently we only assemble 
buses in uh, one of the factories right. yeah, Gruevsky brought. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the uh, company was set up in Germany like three, four years ago, hmm. uh, trying to capitalize on this boom of uh, uh, electric cars, but saying, okay, we're going to have, we're going to use platforms from other companies like Volkswagen, they're going to give us practically all the parts, all the engineering, we just have to assemble it. And they, their, their invention is that they have like a novel form of a factory that's a assembly line that's going to be like very small. Mm. And they, instead of having like a large gigafactory where all the cars in Europe are going to be, all the Teslas in Europe are going to be assembled in one factory, they envision like one in Bulgaria, one in Greece, one in Macedonia, one in Serbia, mm. and they were shopping around the region. And this is why, this is the first thing that looks very suspicious, because you see them going to the Greek prime minister, you see them announcing a deal with a Bulgarian oligarch and the prime minister, and everybody's announcing all in the same terms, like this is, uh, we're bringing this factory to your country, it's going to be a huge success. Uh, so far, they have only assembled like 500 cars in total in Germany, and they went bankrupt, and they started shopping with this model across the Balkans in some cheaper destination. Huh. In the meantime, they brought some Arab guy as their head of, uh, as head of their company, mm -hmm. uh, who at the same time, who worked for Siemens in the past, but currently he's head of the board of Ecolog, which is a large company in Titova, uh, owned by Lazim Destani, a huge you know, mm -hmm. business presence in Dui, in the Albanian part of Macedonia made his money in a very you know, suspicious line of work, which is contractor for the U.S. Army in Afghanistan. So he would send people to, you know, clean up toilets. He would do like Halliburton things like mm. building uh, army bases and stuff like that. You cannot do this without, obviously, without the, being in the good gracious of the U.S. government. And uh, there was a lot of allegations that when he when he would send maybe like a truck of workers or of equipment to Afghanistan, it makes no sense for the truck to travel empty back to Europe. And since there is only one export product you can buy in Afghanistan and sell it in Europe, he was uh, <laughs> often accused of uh, drug running, heroin running and money laundering in uh, uh, Macedonia, laundering the money in Macedonia and running the drugs in uh, Europe? It could also be Never. women, women and young girls. Sure. I mean, it, could be, it could also be trafficking in women and young girls. You know, you could. I think that's more like a domestic market. Ah, okay, sense, all right, know? okay. And the soldiers are there. I mean, yeah, uh, that's true. So, yeah, the boys are the domestic market, and I don't know, <laughs> the women, the women are probably for the soldiers there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so this was uh, he's been accused publicly, like media reports, but never nobody would go after him. No. Uh, and then the government, its initial press release was that this is going to be subsidized to the tune of $130 million, which prompted you know, outrage in the country because yeah. this is like uh, way more than any other company received. Uh, they would get like $5 million in in kind. Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, This would be all recognizable, notable companies producing car parts. In Germany, and who would get like five million uh, subsidies in in terms that the government would already pre-prepare the plot for the factory, maybe build the factory with our workers, and just you know you get like a, 
uh, a finished uh, factory which we own, but you know the, the country owns, but the company can you know set up its machinery and stuff. 130 million is you know way more for an untested company, actually a company which went bankrupt, whose director is in the pocket of a very dubious businessman from Macedonia who has who has zero experience in this type of work and uh, uh, you know Dewey has never you know they built one hospital in Titov and look how that worked out for no. yes. uh, how that ended up. So yeah, this is what we, uh, the, the head of the uh, industrial zones is Jovan Despotovsky from Shekerinska's camp in SDSM. He's notorious for giving, uh, for, for, as a former director of the Innovation Fund in Macedonia, mm -hmm. which kept giving grants to SDSM members of parliament, journalists for completely made up like innovations. They would come with a stupid idea, like uh, in some cases, completely... Uh, Things they bought on uh, eBay, you know, from India, like uh, a robot that uh, detects uh, pollution, and they would get like several hundred thousand euros in uh, uh, grant money because they allegedly came up with the invention. Mm. So he's now running the the zone, the authority which will give the subsidies to the electric cars companies. So yeah, it's kind of a disaster. <laughs> this is this is one of those things that they, they make a lot of noise about, uh, especially because it involves uh, Dewey, uh, and then uh, we're not going to hear about it or the whole thing's going to fail. Um, not to mention, of course, the broader, bigger issue of, of course, the EU is, is mandating, I don't know when, that, that, that at some point in the near future, um, diesel and gasoline vehicles have yeah. to be phased out. All part of the, the, the Greta, sorry, Green Agenda. Um, of uh, of uh, banning fossil fuels, etc., without really thinking about you know, number one, you got electric vehicles, but you, you still have to produce electricity. How are you going to do that? Uh, you still have to rely on coal, wind, and solar are iffy, uh, depending on where you are and what time of the year it is, etc. Uh, and of course, um, uh, led by Germany, uh, nuclear energy is verboten. Um, so you, you've got that issue, and then, then you've got the issue of batteries, uh, electric car batteries, which require certain um, components, shall we say, that, well, components that are uh, uh, largely available in China, um, which uh, is not necessarily friendly with uh, much of the West today for a variety of reasons. Anyway, all kinds of issues surrounding that. Um, we'll see where this goes, uh, but I'm not expecting... Um, <laughs> flowers and and uh, puppy dogs and rainbows and skittles to come out of this uh so yeah, it's going to be huge uh corruption yeah disaster. yeah <laughs> like yeah. epic proportions yeah i mean still it's still going to be dwarfed by i mean at the moment dewey holds the finance ministry uh holds the public the ministry for public sector hiring so they're doing crazy things there like especially now with the census mm. uh they're insisting that like over 30 percent of new hires need to be Albanian, or, or, or of total hires need to be Albanians, which easily translates to over 50% of new hires. Mm -hmm. They're at the moment negotiating, or not negotiating, like uh, uh, discussing with uh, the U.S. State Department uh, about the uh, Bechtel deal. Oh, yes. How much, uh, how many billions do we sign on with, uh, with uh, Bechtel for a couple of highways, um, which the EU should be paying us for. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and now Du is negotiating this with the uh, with a US State Department linked company Bechtel. So that's going to be billions. This is like hundred. The government later said, okay, it's not all three hundred and thirty million, one hundred and thirty millions. Uh, in subsidies, the government, the company is gonna chip in something <laughs> in its own production. Oh, generous, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> yeah, very. Uh, uh, but this is going to be okay. It's not the biggest fraud that Dewey is currently negotiating, but it's a, it's a good one. Well, it's in the top five. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Top five. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, well, tell you what, we got. I got to wrap this up because I got to run to the office yeah. still. Uh, so let's do that. But let's. We'll. We'll. Um. We won't go up for a month before the next one. I think we'll do it sooner than that. Yeah. Uh, maybe even uh, with a little surprise there. We'll. We'll see. Uh, yeah. We'll talk more about that soon. Uh, anyway, good to catch up on these issues, and uh, we'll keep following them, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, laugh, laughing through the demise of the country. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, mine too. Both countries, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not looking great either at the moment. No, we're not, so. Yeah. Oh, dear. <clears throat> All right, we'll talk soon, Sven. Okay, buddy, take care. You too. <laughs>